This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. Welcome to another episode of Travel Is Your Business. Thanks for joining us. Today, our guest is Jason Shames. He is the CEO and founder of Skipper, which is a marketplace to help groups and events find hotel rooms. So uh, find yourself a seat because this episode starts right now. Hi, my name is Jason Shames, and I'm the co-founder of Skipper. And what I love about travel is that you can make a home in a different location. From New York City, this is Travel Is Your Business, covering the intersection of technology and business in the travel industry with Tavan Ball, technology thought leader and community builder, John Matson, digital director at Voyager HQ, and Samantha Shankman, reporter and producer. And now, here are your hosts. Hey, welcome to the show, guys. I'm one of your hosts, Puff and Ball, and of course, joining me today is Samantha Shankman. Hey, everyone. And to my left, Mr. John Matson. Hi there. How's it going? And uh, let's say hello to our guest today, uh, Jason Shames, man. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. And Jason is, of course, the founder and CEO of Skipper. That is me. We're going to start off with just giving a high-level overview of uh, who you are and uh, what Skipper's all about. Yeah. So I'm Jason. Um, my business partner, uh, Marcus, and I started this business uh, almost six years ago now. Um, the initial concept for it was a little bit different than what it is iterated to today. Uh, it was initially trying to figure out how to make planning trips with your friends and family suck less. Mm-hmm. We just thought it was really inefficient. We thought that the search and book process on traditional online travel agencies did not really take in the necessary collaboration elements that were required prior to that actual booking decision. So we were uh, we were at J.P. Morgan. Uh, Tex is what mm-hmm. Marcos is known by. Um, he was building mobile apps for them, and I was working in the private bank. And we started working nights and weekends on this project. Um, eventually got into Entrepreneurs Roundtable Accelerator, ERA, mm-hmm. uh, one of the uh, accelerator programs in New York. One of and, the premier accelerator programs. Yeah, they've uh, launched some great companies, um, mm-hmm. found some terrific relationships and friends through there as well. And um, they backed us, which gave us a little bit of validation that um, there really was something here. We quit our jobs and started working on it full-time uh, June of 2012. Started building that initial product, and we got some great uh, consumer uh, traction and feedback. And what we ultimately saw was that um, there was a real transactional challenge associated with the traditional group market. And a lot of people don't know this, but the global distribution system goes up to eight rooms, eight and under, can be booked through that. Um, But anything nine or more rooms is a direct negotiation with the hotels. Always. Um, Yes. So it is uh, defined in kind of a couple of different ways from an accounting perspective as well as from a division of labor perspective, uh, that there is a group sales team on property, um, and they are dealing everything nine and more rooms. Uh, So this is an offline experience that causes a lot of friction in the process for different types of groups. Uh, We specifically identified that there was a sub-segment within groups, what we like to call the reluctant planners. These reluctant planners are the individuals that are planning for their wedding, or they're the ones that are in a small to medium-sized enterprise that need to uh, book for the team getaway. And we found that these planners were contacting the hotels directly. 
they were getting a very inconsistent experience. And ultimately, they didn't know the first thing about a courtesy block versus a guaranteed block, what an attrition clause was. Because unlike most of your traditional bookings through the online travel agencies, where it's a fairly straightforward transaction, this was much more complex. So we thought that we could utilize technology in order to make this a more efficient process than what had traditionally been done within the group space, um, as well as um, making sure that we are maintaining this high level of customer service while being able to automate the majority of the processes. So why don't we start here? Can you walk us through the experience? Yeah, absolutely. So a consumer would go onto our site, uh, let us know what type of group that they're actually booking for. Um, And for this example, let's say... Let's um, say weddings, because that's the first thing I saw on your website. Let's say you're getting married. So uh, you know where... And I had a destination wedding, so... congratulations. Thank you. Um, So you know where you're getting married. So you put in that venue, you put in the dates and the number of rooms that you need. Uh, We then go um, and hit several different data sources in order to pull in information about properties uh, that we believe would be great fits. We utilize our skipper score, which is our own proprietary algorithm looking at proximity to the venue uh, that you've put in, uh, different factors like how is this hotel at this specific star rating compared in price Mm. to other similar hotels of the same star rating. We take in multiple review providers out there and a number of other factors, including how we've worked with the properties in the past in order to force rank uh, these hotels on the list. We then enable our consumers to select up to four properties that they want to receive offers from. Uh, Then our technology starts its process. Uh, We start reaching out to the hotels um, in an automated manner in order to have them start uh, delivering our consumers offers. How do you, how did you like, how do you? start that conversation with the hotel yeah. like you you say you've gotten this like automated platform but you've yep. probably already had to deal with them personally yeah like what does that look like so <laughs> a little bit of so jetaport transitioned from jetaport to skipper about two and a half years ago but once we realized that there was an opportunity within this group marketplace um we started looking what was out there. There were platforms like CVEN and others uh, that were doing RFPs, but we realized that for this specific sub-segment, that was not nearly as, um, the requirements were not as... Um, accessible? Yeah, accessible, but it was also the needs of these consumers were not as um, heavy as that of Mm. like a large corporate multi-thousand person event. So from a hotel's perspective, they were doing a lot of additional work that they weren't needing to do for these unmanaged planners. So we thought to build out our own RFP platform. We had this amazing intern uh, over that summer. His name was uh, Ben and he was a Cornell hotel student. And he was our first RFP platform. He was actually, whenever one of our consumers said they were interested in a hotel, he's he was on the calling phone. them. Yeah, he's on the phone, yeah. He was <clears throat> our behind-the-scenes RFP uh, nice. machine. So before we built out our API and Smart. this automated marketplace, it was totally manual. Mm-hmm. And we then started building relationships with hotels. That uh, must have saved have, you know, a ton of money. Because you don't know if you're developing the right or wrong thing. You're absolutely right. And we had already developed a product before that. Mm -hmm. We developed this collaboration engine, which we still love. And we still think is a really great opportunity within the space. But we stripped it down to just this core thing, which was we have groups. They're looking for hotel rooms. How do we most efficiently process these transactions? So we started Mm -hmm. with this RFP. And we started building the blocks of the RFP. And when we had consumers come on, 
we would just we took a broad swath of the market. So we looked at the OTAs, see, saw what they had in terms of available inventory, and then told our consumers, all these are available to you. And that's how we started initially. We didn't want to limit them in terms of hotels that we had relationships with or built um, deals with, because at that point, we had very little traffic. Mm-hmm. Like hotels didn't know us for at, from Adam. So we were thinking it, at, we believed this was an opportunity to say, okay, one of our consumers can come to the site, let them pick a hotel, we'll then do the legwork on our end. And that's how we started the relationships with the hotels. We let our consumers pick first, and if we didn't know the hotel, we introduced ourselves, let them know the value of what we were delivering, which turned out to be a very high uh, conversion rate for the hotels, which is something that was uh, really missing within the industry, the other major player within the space. Um, uh, really upset many hotels for low uh, quality leads that were coming through and a low percent conversion rate. So mm-hmm. we really, uh, through our conversations with our hotel partners, realized that we needed to address that. So we limited the hotels that could be selected for um, and made sure that through our process from a consumer perspective, we were making it feel like a white glove experience. Mm-hmm. This was mm-hmm. an atypical transaction that most people have never done, specifically these unmanaged planners or these um, non-professional planners. So we wanted to make the process feel like they had an advocate, like they have someone walking them through. And that's really the origins of our booking advisors. Um, these booking advisors are, uh, there's no cost for our consumers to be able to um, to be able to utilize their services and they can help through the through the process. Good deal. All right, this is a perfect time. We're going to take a quick break now that we got a good uh, overview of what's going on over here. And uh, when we come back, we're going to go into a deep dive with uh, Jason Shames, the founder and CEO of Skipper. Greetings, Mouth Media Network listener. My name is Davin Riley, and I'm willing to bet you like music. And even if my assumption is wrong, I still think you should come and check out our show, The Music Lover Podcast, where we sit down with entrepreneurs, pioneers, artists, and the unsung heroes of the music industry. Together, we'll uncover the insider perspectives on some of your favorite companies and artists as we analyze music business trends through a technological lens. Find us at The Music Lover Podcast, but remember... That's Music Lover Without the Vowels, M-S-C-L-V-R. Yes, we're that cool. And since you're cool too, we should be friends. The Music Lover Podcast, we'll see you there. Keep up with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Our episodes are available on iTunes and Google Play and online at travelisyourbusiness.com. Plus, there are a lot more great shows on Mouth Media Network. Take a trip to mouthmedianetwork.com to enjoy them all. And remember, we love fan mail. Drop us a note to say hi, suggest a guest, or if you'd like to become a sponsor on the show, email us at travelbizshow at mouthmedianetwork.com. All right. Welcome back to Travel Is Your Business. And of course, we're talking with Jason Shames, the founder and CEO of Skipper. Oh, and before we go on to our deep dive, by the way, you, uh, our guest today has been uh, so kind to bring us a bit of a snack. Open your tray tables because it's snack time. 
What did you bring for us, Jason? So I brought an Air Pop popcorn machine. This is um, actually the second choice. The <laughs> first choice was supposed to be uh, cheese balls, but um, the rest of our team uh, poo-pooed that idea due to them wanting oh, it, to enjoy it, 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 themselves. So John so. just tried to ch- plug it in, and it goes straight into popping. Huh? Oh, it goes right into popping. Oh, that's it. So we got to load yeah. it up. Do we here. actually have popcorn? Of course. Oh, what, what, what are we going to do? <laughs> hot, just hot air. We, we need a bowl to put it in, Of course we? we do. Yeah, we do. Oh. Whose salad thing is this? <laughs> All the ingredients are in. I like to make it healthy. No extra butter. This is wild. Uh, <laughs> All right, we'll keep that on on the side. Um, <laughs> we'll just keep going on with this. Deep so the audio sounds good now, right? Perfect. Can you hear that or no? It's ridiculous, right? All right, guys. So uh, while that's going ahead and popping, um, we could just go right back into the deep dive. Jason, uh, we met in the beginning of Jettaport, and so I'm really interested to learn about kind of the decision to rebrand and reposition yourself and the challenges that that comes with. Maybe some lessons even that you have for other people who are listening in and thinking about it, doing something like that themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it was a very heavy decision for us to end up rebranding from Jettaport to Skipper. Um, Jettaport itself, as it was initially created and that I believed upon was this concept of collaboration with travel. And when we decided to focus entirely on the hotel space, uh, specifically focusing on how we can make this tra- uh, transaction more efficient for groups, um, we believed that the uh, jet in the name was potentially slightly detrimental. Uh, we had people having issues spelling the name. So there were a number of factors that ultimately led us Uh, to decide that we wanted to investigate rebranding. What we saw at the end of it was uh, there was a real need for us as we were looking to do independent consumer acquisition and as we were looking to really expand the brand from a traditional group perspective past just the kind of initial markets that we were working in, we saw that we wanted to be able to really look at the branding exercise as not just an opportunity to change the name, but really to be able to focus. We're overflowing from a popcorn perspective right now. (laughs) Someone's got to call in a larger bowl. We also found... (laughs) (laughs) Guess we just got to start eating it. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. All right, let's, go. let's keep going. Go ahead. Okay, <laughs> yeah, good. We also saw that it was an opportunity to be able to really focus on our consumer messaging and our hotel messaging. Um, it was an opportunity to really take stock in what we have created as a technology, fully understand what the value was on both sides of the marketplace, and then be able to communicate it most efficiently. So we worked with this amazing team over in Brooklyn, uh, this team called Red Antler, um, and they were the ones who helped us to conceptualize Skipper um, and then how that really um, – how that new brand was then able to uh, present itself for our audience that we were continuing to build. Did was you see it a lot somewhat, of... Was it somewhat similar to building a new company? Did it almost feel like you were starting again? Um, it did, but we had this base that we were going off of. We were doing um, tens of millions of dollars a year in transactions at that point. So we were up and running. We were moving as a company, and the technology was there. Our API was created. We had partners utilizing it. But it did feel a little bit like we were starting again because we had, from a technology perspective, we used new front-end code, still being served from our same API, um, but 
it gave us the ability to be able to really look at how we could continue to improve things from our customers, customers being both clients and hotels, experience. So one of the things that we did from a technology perspective um, that was terrific for our end user was we looked at the front end technology that we were using and decided to actually change it um, and separate out our back end, which was when someone logs in and going through the experience and booking uh, from the front end marketing site, which allowed us to dramatically reduce load times on the site, mm. um, be able to continue to improve that uh, overall user experience. So though it was a lengthy process for us, um, and though it was one that you do a lot of soul searching and kind of understanding really the positioning of what you want as a business, um, it gave us the opportunity to be able to, um, in my opinion, almost start again with certain elements. Did the, um, you know, you're talking a lot about the user and how this like benefited the user. When you were kind of switching over to this um, this rebrand, did you find that there there was any kind of switching costs in the acquisition of the user or the change in that product? Yeah, it's a good question. And fortunately for us, we found our acquisition costs actually decrease. Yeah, um, so. so we were able to continue to uh, utilize this new brand through effective paid search acquisition. Um, one of the things that I really credit my team for is that the service that we're able to deliver a user drives a high rate of referral for us. So we were able to just redirect people from Jetaport over to Skipper. And I mm. think we did all that we could in order to minimize the brand switching costs. At the end of the day, this is not, um, specifically within the markets that we were uh, working on, these non-professional planners were not except for event planners, which we had to educate them about uh, as we work with hundreds of event planners. Um, most of the consumers were doing this transaction once. So it wasn't the type of enterprise where that type of brand switching would cause significant disruptions. So if, uh, if your typical user would only do this one time, do you then focus on event planners so that you can get consistent bookings for groups? Is that kind of like a target for you know somebody who's not... Uh, reluctantly planning these as you yep. described them? Yeah, so uh, certainly is an area of focus for us. But fortunately, we've been able to automate this technology in a way where we're still able to deliver um, top class results um, while having really great margins for our business, even with a one-time transaction. So I'm curious, uh, you know, oftentimes in marketplaces, two-sided marketplaces like this, um, the team has a decision or to make in the beginning on the onset, like how are you viewing customer acquisition? Is it on um, the, the inventory side or on the, the client side or the end user side? So how did you guys um, strategize that early on? So for us, uh, we took the conscious decision to focus on the demand side first. Um, we believe that if we started to own segments of the demand, we could then present something to our supply partners in a very strong, cohesive way saying, hey, look, we have these consumers for you. Let's work together. We want to be your partners here. We want to be a lower cost distribution channel for sure. your properties. Um, so we really looked at it from a demand perspective initially um, and say, okay, if we can look to start getting these type of pockets of users, then we would be able to continue to strengthen ourselves on the supply side mm -hmm. while continuing to grow How out. How many did you demand. launch with? And what markets? Um, from a user perspective? Uh, from inventory side. So it was it was kind of sneaky in the sense that we showed all the available hotels in America that we could get our hands on, not necessarily having any type of agreements with them. 
But what we did was, mm-hmm. and I think this was mm-hmm. in hindsight very, very crafty of us, very startup chic, as you mm-hmm. might say. <laughs> um, it we became a travel agency, so hotels would yep. work with us. They would pay us a ten percent commissionable rate, and we would be able to approach them in an offline manner and start a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. So we were able to still show the users a full continuum of the properties that were available domestically, and then be able to go to those hotels once the consumer was interested and say, "Hey, we have demand for your property. In fact, here's a lead right yeah, now. You're one of four properties. Sure. Get us your information." Information. Let's get you onboarded with this. Um, and now, several years out from that, uh, we now have worked with the majority of hotels in the United okay. States. So you don't, you no longer deploy that strategy in tandem, or you do? Uh, we do not, because we have made a conscious decision recently to focus on hotels that are great partners for us. Got it. We realize that now that we have become more mature as a business, um, we're doing tens of millions of dollars of stays a year and growing very quickly. We are able to work with the hotels that really want to work with us and that want our demand. Good deal. And as a result, it is really, um, it's really important to be able to find those properties, seek out those relationships, because it does deliver a great experience for our end consumers. Now, I want to switch to the other side of the marketplace, which is the user act or the yep. final client. Um, I've noticed just on our common connections on LinkedIn, I'm projecting that you know Shanlin of Zola because you're in the wedding space or you're you're networking in there. And similarly, there's a, a whole lot of, a lot of other people, including actually Jennifer Lee is probably ERA, right? Yes, was she in your so. class of MuseFind? Um, no, she was in a later class. Okay, okay. But did you meet through that or through the influencer work she does? Um, I believe we met through ERA. Oh, interesting. Anyhow, I'm I'm curious to see how you've leveraged collaborations um, to to grow visibility of the platform itself. Yeah, so Shan is a is a great connection. I, I respect uh, her and her business tremendously, and think that uh, Zola is working on some uh, really interesting wedding tech right now. Yep. Uh, we're really excited to be one of their partners. Uh, oh, she just announced uh, recently <laughs> a partnership that we just launched with them um, that we are continuing to roll out as. Did I just give you a layup without realizing? Yes, you did. <laughs> Excellent. Go ahead. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, no problem, man. Um, so we were uh, really excited to start working with the Zola team yeah. uh, because their user base, uh, their very quickly growing user base, um, is starting to utilize these wedding planning uh, for sure. tools that they've developed, the wedding websites and the checklists, uh, to be able to complement what we believe to be a best-in-breed registry. Mm. Uh, can you give us some other examples of how you're growing, I guess, let's say growth hacking? Yeah. So uh, partnerships are definitely a big place for us. Um, That's where we've uh, generated a lot of our traffic to date. Um, From a business perspective, they are lower margin transactions for us because Mm -hmm. we're able to efficiently acquire consumers through search engine marketing. So it is a balance in terms of new partnerships um, as compared to continuing to build out um, effective paid advertising channels. as we kind of think about uh, options to continue to grow our business, we believe that there are additional segments outside of what we um, have currently focused on that are interesting options. So one in particular is one that I'm very fond of is the medical space. Mm. So um, we have a dual marketplace and on our supply side, we started looking at different options on how we can further automate the process of this RFP. So we look to start 
kind of changing the paradigm for how these bookings are being done and connected in through hotel central reservation systems. This was a really kind of lengthy and involved task where we realized that if we could connect in through the central reservation systems, then contract rates directly with the property, we could get around price parity agreements by making them closed user groups, allowing us to be able to say, okay, um, so one of the deals uh, is hospital special surgery. They're the number one orthopedic hospital mm -hmm. in the world. They have patients coming in from all over the world, staying for pre-op, post-op, and surgical stays. Uh, we are their exclusive hotel booking platform. So what we did was go around to all the local hotels once we had the connectivity to their central reservation systems and say, hey, you're already doing these transactions. They're super offline and very inefficient. It's people calling in and saying, hey, I need a room. Give me an HSS When that's rate. the last thing they want to deal exactly. with. Exactly. And uh, we took that all online for them. Mm. Uh, we gave them a little widget for their site. Uh, so they're able to refer to a, um, a booking page on our end where the consumers are able to have more of a traditional online travel agency experience. But what they are receiving are incentivized medical rates. They're getting percent discounts off of best available rate, generally amenities and concessions. And that allows them to be able to more efficiently and effectively book the rooms for their stay. Where does that widget like live then? Is that on the, the hospital's page? Is the hotel giving like this referral rate? Like how does that work? Yeah, so it does live on the hospital side. Um, there's kind of a number of different touch points that the hospital would have with their patients. HSS has multiple touch points with their patients, allowing them to be able to access this uh, widget and site, um, enabling the transaction to begin. Um, all the while, if patients ever need help, they have access to our uh, booking advisors that would provide them additional support if needed. It's also interesting because it also gives you more information on the referral. Like if they're coming from a hospital stay, like you mentioned, Pavan, like that's a it's obviously a very involved uh, time period for them. Uh, that's an opportunity for some other partner or for the hotel to provide some other kind of um, added value to the customer's experience to try to make them feel more at home while they're not. That's interesting. All right, this is a perfect time. We're going to take a quick break with uh, Jason Shames, the founder and CEO of Skipper. If you're a business decision maker, you should listen to this. The show you're listening to is produced by Mouth Media Network, a podcasting network focused on the business of lifestyle. Because of our team's background and deep connections with brands, influencers, and ecosystems, we offer a tremendous opportunity to bring your company's message and products in front of decision makers from several verticals, including fashion, beauty, travel, materials and textiles, health and fitness, and lifestyle. To explore opportunities to partner, email us at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. And now, on with the show. Welcome back to Travel Is Your Business. And of course, we're talking with Jason Shames, the founder and CEO of Skipper. I'm curious to see what's next for, for the company. So uh, really, uh, you seem to be very forward thinking um, in terms of your market reach and how you're um, deploying this technology. I think the, the medical space is something that is it makes complete sense, but I'm not sure if everybody doing this would actually identify that. So really nice and nicely done on that side. Um, what else? What's next? What's going on in your head? 
Yeah, so that's a sneak peek in kind of what is next. It is starting to look at how these groups, and we really have a broader definition of what a group is. Yeah, a group is yeah. any multiple. Did this blow people. your whole like business, like like the your business mind open now? <laughs> a little bit. I mean, there's a couple things that did that. One is we now have elasticity within supply, so you have all these alternative accommodation providers that are really making it challenge. It's very challenging for hotel owners to be able to fill their hotels. Mm-hmm. Because you now have all this other inventory that's coming from people's apartments, so this is this been Good a point. big paradigm shift within the within the market. You have consolidation of brands, you have the rise of independence. So it's a really exciting time to be in hospitality technology. As we're thinking about it, we want to start taking these offline manual processes and continue to automate them. Continue to be able to work with our hotel partners in terms of most efficiently determining. Okay, we want these groups. This is the type of average daily rate we can offer to stay within the the place that we need to from a revenue management perspective. Let's give them an offer that really suits their group well. So uh, the technology that our team will continue to build um, is entirely within that vein. It is how can we best serve our hotel partners and our consumers to make sure that they get the hotel rooms that they need for their stay. Excellent. And uh, before we wrap up this um this wonderful discussion. Um, what is a kind of like a final thought do you want to leave the listeners with, whether it's reflecting on this interview or overall your journey with Skipper? Yeah. So there's been a lot that we have learned and experienced over this time as a, as a new travel technology. Um, you're in a highly competitive space, um, with a large amount of concentration, specifically within the online travel agencies. And oftentimes it's very difficult to kind of carve out your place. Um, I'm incredibly proud of the work that my team has done in order to build this technology, which has helped so many people. Um, I get reminded all the time, whether it's we receive a review from a consumer or someone's reaching out to thank me some for some of the work that uh, one of our coworkers has done, um, just making people's lives easier, um, being able to help facilitate something that really did unnecessarily uh, for so long uh, be mm-hmm. a bit of a burden for people. Uh, that has been very rewarding, um, but also understanding about how the dynamics are changing is presenting a really interesting business opportunity, um, which is what we are continuing to um, continuing to build on. Excellent. And what is the best way that people could follow either your journey, the company, uh, whatever you want to kind of put out there? Yeah. Um, if anyone is interested, send us an email. All the contact information is on highskipper.com. Um, check us out. What type of folks are you looking to connect with these days? Yeah. So we're always looking to connect with hotel partners, um, individuals that are interested in joining our business. Uh, we're hiring booking advisors now okay. um, as we continue to uh, to grow our operations. Um, really anyone who's interested in the hospitality travel space, we'd love to talk to. We love ideas and we love just talking about what is going on uh, within this, uh, cool, man. Well, we love talking to you and we loved your popcorn. Uh, it was uh, refreshing <laughs> to bring me back to third grade and have it in its <laughs> natural state. Um, so thank you so much, uh, to our, to our guest, of course, uh, Jason Shames of Skipper and, uh, for John Matson. Bon voyage. And Samantha Shankman. Safe travels. My name is Pavan Ball. Uh, I hope you enjoyed your stay with us, and we'll see you next time. This has been Travel Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show, or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at travelisyourbusiness.com. 
Keep up with the show on social media at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, travelisyourbusiness.com. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.